Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the firehouse. Come on in and grab a seat. All right. Good morning. Welcome. My name is Brad. I'm one of the pastors here at the firehouse. Thanks for joining us this morning. We have no problem with chatting around here, huh? Oh, that's good. Well, we survived the 5K, huh? I think a few people from the church ran it this year. At least Kenneth did. No, I don't know. Thanks for everyone that helped out through the weekend with the 5K. It was exciting to to get it off, to uh, have it behind us. It sounded like a lot of fun. I didn't make it. My family did, but... My uh, my daughter, I saw pictures, looked really excited to get on her first fire truck, so that looked like fun, but again, thanks to everyone who helped, thanks to Lydia, it was great to um, just get through this another year and try to bless the high school there. I hope you're enjoying your summer so far, it's a good summer, we did our first uh, camping trip with our daughter a couple weeks ago, just fun, the only way I know how to camp is to get into the national forest away from anything and kind of four wheel a while so you find somewhere to camp, so we tried that out with a one year old, there were some, some fun parts, there were some tougher parts, we gave her a bucket, and so she liked to just kind of run around in the woods and grab whatever she could find to stick in there, she had little treasures of rocks and pine cones and dirt, and she hung on to that stuff, so that was some of the fun parts. The night, it seemed like she'd go to bed at a normal time, and then somewhere around like midnight, it was just cold, and then not much sleeping happened after that, so it was a few short nights of sleep and long days, but we did have fun out there, good to inaugurate her early and Colorado camping, so I we had originally planned maybe that a second time this summer and I think we're reconsidering that option or call it once and that's good <laughs> try again next year but anyway we've been having fun I uh anyway we're going through this uh, equip series here just the idea is just to equip us with tools in the gospel of ways to get the gospel out to our friends and neighbors and co-workers and our prayer is just that we're better equipped and comfortable with it to make us comfortable, add tools to our toolbox. And this week we're going to just talk about how to use our testimony as one of those tools. And testimony can be kind of a churchy or legal word, but it simply means just to authenticate facts based on our own experience. And as we talk about the Christian life, we're talking about how our story and our life can authenticate the facts of what Jesus preached and what... What he offered to us, the gift of eternal life, that somehow our story and our life and our experience can just bring something to the table as we share with our friends and offer a testimony of what he can do. And like I said, this stems from the law. So both sides will have you know, legal teams on a court case that will go to great lengths just to, to prove their points and to win a case. And they'll argue it out, but many times it's it's the testimony of a key witness or witnesses that kind of sways the jury to know which one of those two lawyers is telling the truth, which one is, is really steering them in a way that's truthful and right, and those testimonies are key. And so they'll bring in testimonies that of people that have uh, just first-hand experience in an area, they're an expert in it, 
they, they really know the details of a certain area or someone that might have seen something that happened that really brings something to light just because they, they saw it, they're closer to it, they, they know what happened and have an eyewitness account. And the same, the same is true with sharing about Jesus. Um, Jesus has a message and he's like a lawyer giving his message to five billion people. And, and each, each heart is like its own jury and it can decide, did Jesus really die for my sins? Did, did he not? And, and our testimony is kind of like being on that testimony stand and helping out the lawyer and just saying, yeah, what, what Jesus said is true. It played out that way in my life. He can do those things in my life. And, and it's exciting because in our own life, we're kind of like someone that saw the events, someone that... Uh, really has that first-hand experience, the expert, because we know what happened in our life. No one else can tell you better or have better evidence of, of your life and what happened and, and how Jesus worked or didn't work. We have a credibility there. So we're going to talk about some tools on that today, talk about why to share it. Why don't we pray and, and just ask God to bless some of our time here this morning. God, we do thank you for today. We thank you that... Um, God, you came into this world. We thank you that you did give us so many gifts. God, you gave us you gave us your son, Jesus. You gave us the gift of eternal life. We thank you for this church together. And I just pray that you'd help each of us be ready to share what you've done for us. God, help us just be excited. Help us be equipped to just give you the glory to to make a case for for you to. Um, just witness for you and just give a testimony of what you've done. God, it's just a short time together here, but I pray you'd just spark our hearts in ways that we can share our story, in ways we can give you glory, and just help us take away any action points from this that we might be able to do to, to better get our testimony out. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so first we'll just start with talking about why do we use this tool at all? Why do we use a testimony? You know, not many people are going to come to faith in God just based off reading or hearing a testimony alone. You know, mostly it's just a story of of our life and how God affected us. But it is a good complementary tool to sharing the gospel. My assumption today is that we'd use this just as a a kind of a side tool, as another example, another tool as we're sharing the gospel. It's kind of where this series is going, as different... uh, different tools we can have, just different ways to get it out that might work together to, to lead someone to Christ, to share, to share with them. So some of the questions we'll tackle today is just how can we impact people with our story? How can we be the most effective with it? How can we tailor our story to meet people where they're at? Um, what are some tools to get our story out there? Those are some of the main questions that we're going to tackle today as we talk. So as a starting point, we'll discuss what are some of the benefits of using our story at all. I know I often fall into a trap of sharing, sharing the gospel and sharing truth about Jesus that, um, you know, really, it's Jesus' message and it's Him that's going to bring someone to Christ. And so I'm kind of a truth-oriented person and a facts-oriented person. And so if I have a temptation, it's just to share, share truth, share what Jesus did, share how it can affect you. And if, if you're going to get saved, it's because of Jesus' the truth and it's His work and He's going to change your heart. And I'm just kind of there getting the facts out to you. But 
you know, I think God would want us to be in a place where He's given us each a story. He's given us things that happen in our life, and He's given He's given us ways that we can relate to people with that in a way that it's going to add value, and it might just help people be able to access and understand how the message that Jesus offers relates to them and is accessible to them. So the first blank on your sheet there, hopefully, I think those got handed out, but got some writing to do this morning. But the first blank is that uh, your testimony can bring credibility to the gospel. You know, when we share about God offering a free gift of eternal life through the work that Jesus did, it can be quite shocking to people. They don't think that it could be true. And they might be coming into that conversation when you share with them and have baggage and sin and, and they're separated and far from God. And it just doesn't fit into how they think of God or relate to God. And so they're far from, from being there. But are, um, you know, I think of companies and, and salesmen use tactics all the time just to get testimonials in of how how a product can really help you, how a product is something you need, and use it in a way to just kind of start to change your thinking. I know a lot of you probably shop online by now. It's the way we do shopping. But if you go into some of the big stores online like Amazon, I really don't know how to go online anymore without reading the product description and then looking at all those user reviews below. And if you're anything like me, I read that product description and it sounds all well and good and it sounds like something I might want. And then you read down below and either kind of confirms or denies it. Either it's like good stuff, people are saying good things, that product works, that sound system is great, it sounds as good as it says it is, or it can be quite the opposite, and it's one star, and it didn't offer what they promised, it doesn't sound good, it blew up the first time I used it, it smoked. All those things will come out there, and you'll read the description again and go, ah, I gotcha, that's not working. But if you're anything like me, we kind of use those as a way of, of filtering out what the company's giving us, those testimonials. Or if you deal with personal salesmen, in any ways that we don't shop online anymore, although they're reducing, there's the same ways that they don't have other customers right there to help give you a testimonial, but they'll try to get you to test or use the product on the spot. So some of the door-to-door ones, I don't know if you've ever seen those ones that knock on the door and want to use a carpet cleaner. So they'll you know, want to find the dirtiest spot on your carpet and clean it right there so you can see how clean that carpet gets. Or um, you know, a new car salesman, they really want to do anything they can. They'll give you $50 to come down and drive that car so you can see how much better it really is to get in a brand new car that will put you $40,000 in debt than your current car because it's, it's worth it that much. Or even at the grocery store, you walk down the aisle and they have the free sample of cookies or something and you didn't walk in wanting cookies but it tasted good and looks only five bucks so it must need to go in your cart. You know, it's all, it's all just trying to get you to understand what you really need that product. And all these methods are just trying to add credibility. That They're really quickly just trying to get you to, to understand that that product really could help you and it's credible. And, and the same is going to be true with our testimony as we share with our friends that you know, we're, we're letting them know that Jesus has something to offer them. Jesus has the gift of eternal life and it's something that they need. And um, our testimony can just factor in somehow that even though it's something they never heard, it's something different, that we can bring them to a point of considering, boy, maybe Jesus could really do that for me. Kind of like maybe we really need that cookie or, I don't know, it's something, but our testimony can work in like that. The second benefit up there is that it diffuses arguments. 
when we're sharing anything with someone, usually it's because we have two different sets of ideas or uh, values. And if you've ever shared anything with someone, usually we get to a point where we both have our ideas and understandings and we talk about it a while. And a lot of times we're set in our ways and it just starts to get to an argument. And so obviously the, what we presented the first time was good enough, so we're going to repeat it because they must not have heard us. So, you know, we start arguing and then we repeat it a second time. We get louder and we get defensive and it, it can start to get to arguments going through anything. And, you know, the same is true as we share the gospel with people that, you know, it's a message people need. It's a message they need to accept. But I found myself a lot of times just trying to repeat the same thing. You know, you don't believe that now, so you must not have heard the verse. Let me repeat it a third time. And usually that doesn't start to get too far if that's not where they're at. So I think, you know, diffusing arguments, this is a point where we can steer the conversation a little bit just to share, just turn away from we're arguing about it, just to share our own experience. Um, you know, people can argue the truths of the Bible, they can argue a verse, they can argue it doesn't apply to them. But on some level, they have to acknowledge that your story has value, your experience has value, and that this is a realm where you're the expert. And you're the definitive word about how God's worked in your life. And so it it steers away from arguments a little bit. I was thinking if you would consider John 9 as an area, I think, biblically, where um, someone really used their testimony as a tool in, in sharing truth and sharing what Jesus did. I'll paraphrase a little bit for the sake of time and not read the entire chapter of John 9, but there's a man that was born blind and sat by the road and begged just for money or help because um, we didn't have a, they didn't have a, he didn't have a real way to make money as a blind man in those days, so he just sat and begged. And, and one day Jesus walked by and had compassion on him as he begged for money or help or food. And he spit in the dirt and made a muddy clay and and put it in his eyes and told him to go to a pool and and clean it out. And when the man went to that pool and listened to Jesus and went and did it, he received his sight back. And he was ecstatic and he had been born blind. Everyone in town knew he was blind and they'd seen him begging and he just went around town and told everyone. He told everyone that I was born blind, I've been blind, and Jesus restored my sight. And quickly, this became a problem for the Pharisees because they were trying to, to downplay his message and, and trying to um, just kind of squash anything going on with him. And so they, the Pharisees called him down to the temple, wherever they were, and, and kind of argued back and forth about it. And um, you know, with wisdom, instead of continuing down that road of argument, you know, the man stopped and stopped arguing on... Can he heal on the Sabbath or not? Or does he have sin? Or is he, is he God in the flesh? Or is he a prophet or what? He took a different turn. And in this verse up there, verse 24, the Pharisees start to get really confrontational. And they say, give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. And he answered them, whether he's a sinner, I do not know. But one thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. And eventually they just didn't know how to handle him and they sent him out in a way because even though they were the experts and educated and the teachers, they couldn't handle the the testimony of a formerly blind man that could now see and it had great value and influence over the people around them. Um, The next point, kind of go along with that, but it's that 
Our testimony illustrates the power of God. So going back to that story of the blind man, one of the reasons his story was so troubling to the Pharisees was because it displayed God's power and His deity. One of the last things he said to the Pharisees in verse 32 was, Since the beginning of time it has never been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. And they quickly sent him out, and that was right before he did it. But similarly, there are aspects of our life that do display God's power. They have Our life has his fingerprints on us if we're a Christian. You know, it's not normal. Some of these things maybe we even take for granted, but it's not normal for someone to be freed from, from the guilt of their past or sins. It's not normal for someone to stop sexual sin or be able to stop using drugs or alcohol or to be able to forgive people. None of these things are, are normal. They're God's power. And a lot of people in the world, they're paying a lot of money to try to get programs and counselors to help them get out of those things. And they will take notice that God has freely given them to you. God has done a work in your life um, to have those things happen. They will notice God's power. And the last reason up there to share your testimony is that it gently brings understanding to those who don't believe. And 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved it is the power of God. So to those who don't know God, we can share truth with. And at first, it will just sound like foolishness. It's so different from the beliefs they're bringing into the conversation. It's kind of like having someone turn on the light full blast first thing in the morning. You're just not ready. You know, I know I get my daughter up most mornings and said she's, she's one, but she has blackout blinds in her room, so it's, it's pretty dark in there. So when I go in... You know, if I just turn on the light switch full blast first thing in the morning, she cowers in the corner of her crib and grabs a blanket over and she's not quite ready for that. It's kind of upsetting. So when I go in, I, I kind of walk in and pull back the blackout blind on the side that's away from, away from the sun and uh, pull the shades so some sun starts to come in. And then I go over onto the sunny side of the house and pull that one away and pull the shade down some more light's coming in. And eventually go turn on the light and, and get the dimmer up so it's full blast in the room and we're kind of dealing with the day and that helps her a lot but she's never upset in that and we get from dark to light and, and it's, she's okay with it as she gets to adjust to the light little by little when we share Jesus with people it can be a little just like turning that overhead light on all at once and it's shocking and it can just sound like foolishness to them like that verse said and metaphorically they just want to pull the blanket over their head and cover their eyes because it's so different from, from where they're at And our testimony can be just one way of opening that blind a little bit to let some light in. Just something that's connecting with them. It's not so shocking. It's not the full sun, but we're just starting to get something in. Um, And it can start to adjust their thinking that maybe it's not so crazy what you're sharing about Jesus, but it's rational, it's truthful, it worked out in, in your life. We're going to shift gears a little bit here. We covered a lot of why to use our testimony. Um, and now we're going to talk a little bit just about practicals of, of how, do we, how do we do it. From what should our life look like, how should we share it, and even some different ideas for tools that might help us get our testimony out there. So at a basic level, you know, that title there is that we just must be able to communicate our testimony. 
We have to have a um, we need to have a life and a story that honors God and, and be able to to share that with people around us. And we need to be confident with the content in it that it's not something that's foreign to us or embarrassing. But that's our story. That's our life. It's something we're confident in. And there are a few things um, that should be present in our life that will help us have that ability to communicate it clearly. And the first one up there is just to have a changed life. Now your testimony is really centering around the work that God has done in your life. Um, I know it's kind of basic, but as, as you're thinking about how to share your testimony, just think of ways that God has really practically blessed your life and changed it since you accepted Christ. If your story sounds something a little like this, well, before I knew Christ, I was um, going to church, and I was trying as hard as I could, and then I accepted Christ, and now I go to church and try as hard as I can. Well, that's not very attractive. Not much has changed in your life since knowing Christ. It doesn't communicate any life or change. Um, what's attractive to people is that they can see something that's happened in your life in some area. And people don't want to hear that you became a Christian so that now you can go to church every week and try hard. And, and it sounds a, a lot like the same before. Your story will bring a lot more power when it communicates things that God has freed you from and things that have changed. Maybe a peace and joy that have come into your life since being a Christian. Um, you know, Jesus didn't say, "Come, drink, and I will give you a steady routine of church confessional and discipline and trying harder." No, in John seven, he said, "If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water." And our testimony should, in some way, demonstrate that living water is flowing out of our life. Um, so the next point up there just about our communication is to have a day of salvation in 2 Corinthians 6.2 I think is on there it says an acceptable time I listened to you and on the day of salvation I helped you behold now is the acceptable time behold now is the day of salvation you know there are many areas of change in our life and there's many areas of blessing or curse based on days we obeyed or rejected God and reaped some of the consequences but we only have one day of salvation that we accepted God and we came to a relationship with Him and so as much as possible it's good to focus our story into one day in which we accepted Jesus Christ I know for me when I accepted Jesus it was at a winter teen conference with our church and I'd been fighting for years whether God would really offer me eternal life. I'd heard some about it, but I just had so much sin, and I was so far away, and I was worried about hell. I knew I'd done enough to go there. I knew I had plenty of sin. That didn't take much convincing for me. But I just couldn't understand that concept that God would, would offer me eternal life. And I fought, and I fought it for years, and I was worried about hell and would cry at night because... I thought my life was going to end someday and we're going to go. Even as a teen, somehow that was a worry in my life. God had put it on my heart. And I remember at that teen conference on a winter day, just hearing that message another time and stopping the fighting and just accepting, Jesus Christ died for me. And I took that gift and, and I knew that day I was going to heaven. And no matter what happened the rest of my life, that gift of Jesus was for me and that power would take me to heaven. And when we share with people, you know, one of the things we're trying to get at with them is not to wait and settle up with God sometime later, but 
to get that done today. We don't know the days or the years or the hours that we have. You know, many people have an understanding as they relate with God that whether or not they go to heaven is like a a scale. And it tips with good works and it tips with bad works. And over your life, you want to just try to tip it just a little bit towards good works. And if it tips far enough, you go to heaven. And the gospel message is that actually you have so much sin, it's just, it's just weighted down. And you can put as many good works on there as you want, and it's not going to tip back. And until you accept Jesus, and Jesus came and said he would become sin for us and take, take away those scales, that his work on the cross would be that payment. Uh, and part of sharing the gospel is helping him understand accepting Jesus once gives us a gift of life apart from our good works and sin that makes that scale go away. And so when we share a day that we accepted Jesus as part of our story, it really helps drive home that all of us have to pick one day that we really accept that message of Jesus and come to Him. So as we're sharing, that's a good tool just to help let a little light in and bring that point home to people that that's something to accept or reject when we share with them. So the next point, just about communicating, is to write it out. Many of the ways that we're going to share our testimony with people are not in written form. I understand that. Most commonly, we're going to share it verbally. That's how I share it the most, is just sharing verbally with people. But to have the most effectiveness and to be able to share it clearly, clearly and confidently, we'll have more power if it's written and we kind of just know that content and we're comfortable with it. So if you've never written your testimony out, I encourage you to write it, uh, practice it. I encourage you even to send it to friends to help edit and try to help you clarify in any areas that make sense to you and not anybody else. Just read through it so it's clear and understandable in a way that even if you're sharing it verbally, you're able to get through it clearly. So the next major section here is just a... And tip for us is to be flexible with our testimony. If you're a Christian, God has many areas of your life He's worked in. From your relationships to maybe how you relate to drugs or alcohol, to the joy or depression in your life, to family, to work ethic. And there are many different facets of your story that could bring God glory when shared with people you know. So we need to be flexible and ready to adapt to meet people to where they are at. This is going to overlap a little bit with a tip Rich gave last week. It's a good, uh, I'll warn you ahead of time. I I don't know if anyone remembers the teaching a week later, but Rich did talk about this last week and shared this verse, but um, it's critical in our flexibility to be able to find common ground with somebody. You know, as we build relationships with someone, usually they're built around some overlap in our life. A love for the same sport, similar upbringings, uh, maybe we live down the same street or go to the same school or have the same job. or There's some way that we overlap with people. Um, but even as you speak to people, just find ways that we relate. Um, you know, It builds trust and speaks to people in ways that they can understand. So if you have any overlap, work those things into your story. And the verse up there is, To the Jews, 1 Corinthians 9.20, To the Jews, I became as a Jew, so that I might win Jews. And to those who are under the law, as under the law, as not being myself under the law, so that I might win those who are under the law. You know, he's just saying, To the Jew and the Gentile, I presented the gospel very differently to meet them 
where they're at. And, and if you read some of Paul's presentations of the gospel, he shared it very differently in different circles to try to meet people with how they were relating to God and things they were hung up on. You know, the next one is similar to speak to their doubts and hesitations that are preventing them from coming to faith in Christ. Especially if you're using your testimony in the middle of sharing the gospel with someone, you probably know what, um, what they're hung up on as you've talked through it. Whether it's guilt from sin or doubt that God could be real, um, doubt that God would really want them and pay for their sins, some of the things I struggled with, or not wanting to give up a particular area of sin like partying or sex or money. Well, you've kind of got that information as you go through, so be intentional about speaking into some of those areas as you share your story. So once you've found common ground and understand what they might be hung up on, the last point in flexibility is, is to share a theme. Share one theme and go with it. So if you discern an area of your life that overlaps with someone, or you've discerned something that really is holding them up from coming to faith in Christ, if there's a way to tailor your stories you share to share with them, do it. You know, it helps to just clearly pick one point and share how you were before Christ, when you came to Christ, and how God's worked in that area. And so I've thought about a few different areas of testimonies that I've used. I've used a lot over time just as I talk to people, but just thinking of a few of them. You know, one I was thinking about is how I related to alcohol in my life. Um, you know, before I came to Christ, was really following him, that was an area that was a struggle in my life. I was addicted to alcohol. You know, I couldn't really just have one drink. If I started drinking, it was four or six or more drinks. It was just, I just couldn't control that. Um, and I, I tried systems. I tried to, okay, only drink two drinks tonight and we're not going past that. Or, and it just never worked for me. <laughs> there was nothing in my own strength that I could stop that with. Um, and but when I when I became a Christian and, and was following God and I asked for His help in that area and just gave it up and gave it to Him, He gave me victory in that area and it's been over eight years since I had a drink. And God's blessed my life and my family by working. So if I, I meet someone that maybe is in that life and struggling with alcohol, that's something I share with them because I think that's a story that will relate. Um, you know, another avenue I share is that before I came to Christ, I had a lot of identity wrapped up in doing well at sports. You know, in high school, I was the captain of the swim team at the at Boulder High School down the road there, and I had a lot of identity wrapped up in, in, in that captain title and, and wearing a letter jacket and being able to win races. You know, when I became a Christian, I didn't have to try so hard, and I didn't have to have my value in, in doing good at sports or not, but I got my value through coming to Christ. So if I meet someone that that might relate with that's into sports or performing, I might share that story instead. Um, you know, we have countless more ways of sharing our story, but we just want to try to tailor it to relate to someone we meet and it might be where they're at. Just that it connects with them. It's just a way to simply connect and open that shade that right where they're at, God has given victory, God's done something in your life. So if there's a way to just be flexible, excuse me, and share a theme that might bless them, that's something we can do just to help get the story through to them. Alright, so that covers some of the tips on the content of our testimony. Next, we'll just cover a few tips on the presentation of our testimony. So the next point is to be winsome when sharing your testimony. Some other, I don't know if everyone knows that word, but some other synonyms are engaging, attractive, um, fetching, or charming. 
There's some part of our message that will be accepted or rejected based on our personality and our presentation. And I'll be honest, sometimes we don't do ourselves a lot of favors with how we're presenting it. So here are a few tips just to help make your message attractive as you're sharing it with people and make them more likely to listen. Your content's good, but it's good to work on some of these things. Even if your personality might be more... um, might not be conducive to it, you might not be outgoing, I think some of these things can help. So the first one up there is just to show enthusiasm. Like I said, even if your personality is a little more melancholy or soft-spoken, the content of your testimony is exciting, even if uh, we don't share it that way. And sometimes I think uh, we can be a little like Eeyore here. If any of you watch Winnie the Pooh, you know, say something like, Christ has changed my life. He can change yours too. Oh, bother. I remember watching an episode where you had a birthday party and was like, it's my birthday. <laughs> Nobody likes me. And I think we can be a little like that or just not excited with our testimony. So if you're excited about it, there's something exciting that God's done in your life, don't be an Eeyore. Even if that's your personality, be excited about it and your excitement is going to rub off on them. Your enthusiasm is going to really show that it's something exciting that can happen in their life, what God can do. So the next one up there is to be genuine when you share your testimony. I think there's a few temptations we have when we share of some of the content we put in it. One of them is to be overly sensationalistic. You know, if you were strung out on drugs and on death's door when you became a Christian, glory to God, you're a Christian, and, and God did a work in your life, share that story. Um, if you weren't, don't share that story. It's okay. <laughs> if you were saved when you were four years old, Share about that, and it's gonna it's gonna speak to people. Just be truthful about it. You know, in First Corinthians one twenty six and twenty seven, it says, "For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many of you wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong." So God's given, in a room like this, God's given us a whole range of testimonies. And we don't need to fabricate our story to sound like someone else's. It's okay if your story's on the ordinary side and and kind of bland, or it's on the messy side and there's a whole list of sins before you came to Christ. God gets the glory when just ordinary people share what He's done in their life. And His power starts to shine through whatever your story looks like. Um, You know, it reminds me again of a, a witness being sworn in in court. You might, you might know this phrase, but they ask them to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. I think that's applicable with your testimony. Just the truth. You know? <laughs> no adding on top of it. But just be genuine and truthful with people, and your story is going to speak to them. The next tip up there is to use humor as you share. You know, often we share the gospel with people. It's kind of a long and sober and serious conversation. And so this can be one opportunity to just lighten the mood a little bit, get them off their guard a little bit of where they are. We still want to be genuine. We don't want to fabricate facts, but there's a way to share it that's just kind of fun. I know one person that shared in his testimony that he stole a car and then he came to Christ. And he knew he was going to go to hell for stealing that car, but he came to Christ anyway. And at the end of the story, you find out that he was four years old and it was like a Mattel car. But, it, you know, it's, it's truthful in a way, but it draws you in because he was just kind of being funny and using a little humor about it. Um, just think of ways that as you share, you can um, just be lighthearted and share your story in a way that might just be fun and connect with people and they get a chuckle out of it. 
Okay, the next one up there is to avoid Christianese. That is a made-up word, I will admit it. But the longer we are Christian, the more we speak like Christians and use Christian-type words. And we use them we use them all the time when we share with a non-Christian, we're going to be completely unrelatable. Um, the same is true with my work. Outside of being a pastor, a lot of you know I'm a software developer with the courts. And so... Uh, I've learned, being a life and a profession that's pretty technical and out there, that if I talk about a big technical words that get too detailed about my work, the average population wants to run screaming. It's not very exciting. It's probably true in a lot of your jobs if you get too detailed, but if I start talking about multi-threading and algorithms and capacity planning and high availability, at work I'm easily understood. But to most of you guys, you'll glaze over and you'll be bored and want me to stop. and that's the, same, that's the same with the gospel and the testimony. There are a number of words that are biblical and they sound commonplace and if I use them at church, they'll probably sound normal, but those who don't attend church or are non-Christians, they just kind of fly right over the head. I was just thinking of a few. If you're sharing your testimony and say something like, I've been born again and we need to repent and be baptized and save your soul, let Jesus into your heart, a lot of those things are good phrases, a lot of them are biblical, but they're not going to connect with someone that's unchurched or, or far from God. So, you know, as, you, uh, as you're going through sharing your testimony and, and even writing it out, I encourage you to, if you go to a word that you feel like you might need to explain to someone that doesn't go to church, pick a different word. Imagine sharing it with a coworker that doesn't go to church and having to read this thing out. And if you feel like you couldn't, go back and keep editing until you could. You know, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, When I came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I did not use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that when I was with you, I'd forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I think he had a great wisdom from God there. Don't, he didn't try to impress people with sounding religious or educated. Um, and we shouldn't either. Don't try to use all those big words and sound put together and like you know something great from church. Um, just plainly share with people in a way that they can understand when you talk to them. Okay, stick with me. One last section here is on a few tools to share your testimony. I still think sharing verbally with someone is probably the most effective method of getting your story out. We're kind of, as people, we're story-oriented. We like telling stories and hearing stories and getting around a campfire and talking about them. But that's not always practical. For example, if someone lives far away, it's hard to talk to them in person. Or sometimes um, you don't have time with someone if you see them quick. So I'm just going to hit on a bit with a few... um, a few resources we can use and a few tools and some resources online to help you. So the first one we're going to talk about is called a testimony tract. We did, we did these together at the firehouse at some point. Um, but really this is just a written out version of your testimony that you can hand to somebody. I made one years ago. It's got my picture on the front and it's got some about my story and some verses in here. It's not trying to get the whole gospel out, but it's just, it's just a way of, hey, here's my story. It's something you can hand out to someone quick. Um, you know, it's a, nice, it's a nice way to give to someone when, when you meet them really quick and they don't have time. Whether, you know, it's a grocery store clerk and they're on the clock and you can't, you, they can't stop and talk to you for 15 minutes or it's someone that you meet quick and you don't have time for a conversation. It's just a nice tool to be able to get your story out there. 
Um, another one is to use social media sites. I put Facebook up there. Facebook's probably 10 years old now, so I'm sure you have something else besides Facebook you use now, but Facebook. But um, it's pretty easy to record yourself talking your testimony into your computer. Most computers now have a little video function, and I'm sure on Facebook before you've put up a video of yourself. Um, but if you just did, do take the time to write this out, take time to record it and put it up on your Facebook page. You know, especially if you've taken all that time to maintain and build friendships online, um, why not use that avenue to share about Christ as well? Um, you know, it's a quick way to get your story out to a number of people you don't see too often, um, but you communicate with fairly often on the computer, at least somewhat regularly. Okay, if that last point was talking about your kids or grandkids and not you, then listen to this one. You could also write a personal letter in the mail. I know that we don't do that much anymore, uh, write in the mail. I got a letter from my uncle this week thanking him for a birthday present, and I think it was the first thing I'd gotten in the mail that wasn't a bill in months and months and months. But um, it was kind of fun to get a letter still, get a card. But... Um, if you aren't on the computer or you have people in your life that aren't so much on the internet or computer, just consider typing up a letter. It doesn't have to be too complicated, but just say, Hey, Uncle so-and-so, I haven't seen you in a while, but I wanted to tell you something that God's doing in my life. And you can just share your testimony in a way that might get out to people you haven't seen in a while. Just another tool to consider. And the last thing I'm going to put up there is just a website. Um, this is... Uh, Something we've talked about over the last few months is that just sow it campaign that our churches are doing. Just the idea of simply getting out and sowing the gospel. Uh, the Evergreen Church is one of our sister churches in Minneapolis. And they have put up some great tools online just to help you develop out some of these, some of these resources. They have example testimony tracks. I think one of the pastor's wives there, Mary, wrote out her testimony track and put it online. And they have... The pastors Carl did a lot of resources on there just about talking through how to make your testimony track just so you can write one out like this, how to make a video online, just some tips on making an online video. And they have some example videos up there just to people that did put it up on their Facebook page and just how that went for them, just some of the good things. So I encourage you just to check that out and look on there. And it takes some time investment to make some of these tools and to put it online, but... Yeah, I think it's one more way just to trust God with the relationships we have and really get the story of what He's done in our life out to people. So I encourage you to invest time making some of these. I thought about, I think my official topic this week was to talk about how to make one of these, but I didn't know how to do that from up here. It was more of a small group activity. So there are some tools online. We might do that in small group down the road of um, just working these out. But I wanted to make you aware of that website, and I hope... Uh, hope you're encouraged in it and, and you do take some time to develop some of those tools and just have some more things in your tool belt to get it out to your friends. Um, the next couple weeks uh, for the Eclipse series, we're going to talk about a few more uh, just ways to get the gospel out as far as sharing the gospel using using uh, little do you know for certain tracks or other tracks and talk about how to go through the outreach diagram and using the PowerPoint or drawing it out. So. Uh, come back the next couple of weeks and we'll talk about some other tools just to keep adding your tool belt there. So let's pray and call it a morning. God, we do thank you for today. Uh, we just thank you that you have done a work in each of our lives. 
We thank you that you're a God that works through stories. God, the Bible is, is largely written in stories of, of a love affair you had with us from, from the beginning of eternity to the end, with Jesus right in the middle of it, paying for our sins. And We just pray you'd help us be faithful with sharing our story with those you put in our life and sharing the gospel. And just pray you'd make us each effective with this. Help us be comfortable just sharing what you've done. God, you've given us so much and blessed us. Help us just use every aspect of our life to the glory to you and just be able to relate with our friends and coworkers and neighbors and, and just really bring the message to them. Help take the shade down a little bit so they can see some of your light and your message coming through, God. Just use us and, and use, um, use the story you've given each of us to bring you glory. And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, have a good week. We didn't talk about this before, but on the testimony track, if you are interested in doing that, you can. I'd like to help, we'd like to help you put those together. We're developing a template. We want to take professional photographs, even of you, so we have to put some 10-year-old photo of you or whatever. So if you could, and you're interested, if you've written one and you want to send that to me, you can, or if you haven't written one, you say, Greg, I don't even know where to start. Send it to me. My email address is greg at denverfirehouse.com. We want to help everybody get a chance to get these tracks together because they're a real tech tool. So, yeah, great. So email Greg. Yeah, I think we do have, we might have a tool online under the bonus section, and the Evergreen Church website has yeah, some good stuff. We want to help you with like printing and everything so that it's super easy for you guys to do it. Okay. Thanks, Greg. All right. Have a good week.